Hey everybody and welcome to Podcast 70. I'm going to talk a little bit about pre-order bonuses. I'm going to talk a little bit about linear content. And then, I don't know what, because I'm coming up with these topics on the last day, as I have the last few times, because there's 70 podcasts. Oh my god, don't know what to talk about anymore. So, enjoy the show! So for those who do not know, a pre-order bonus is something you get when you buy a game and you buy it in advance of launch. Depending on where you get it, you may or may not have to put down any money. If you go through Amazon, you don't have to put down any money at all. It's, you know, zero money. And then you get whatever pre-order bonuses they have. I would recommend waiting until about three months before a game launches before pre-ordering. There's not really much point in pre-ordering before that unless it's like a limited edition special version that, you know, they're only going to make so many copies of it. And then in that case, you know, if you really wanted it, you should buy it as soon as possible because they may run out. But if it's just a regular copy of the game, they're absolutely not going to run out. So you may as well wait. And the reason why I say you should wait is because a lot of times games will not offer a pre-order bonus until very close to launch. And so if you do pre-order before that time, usually the whatever it is that determines if you get the pre-order bonus or not doesn't quite figure it out that you've already pre-ordered. So you oftentimes will have to cancel your order and then reorder it to get the pre-order bonus. So unless there is one, you know, you may as well just wait. And I say about three months because that's typically about where they start really giving serious consideration to the pre-order bonus. Before that, the game is typically too far away. You know, they don't really know if it's actually going to make the launch window. So they usually don't bother announcing pre-order bonuses. Pre-order bonuses can come in many different forms. The one that had me sort of thinking about the topic was one that typically comes up in MMOGs these days, and that is what they call a head start. That allows you to download the client in advance and get in before the people who have not pre-ordered. And so, you know, I was thinking about if that is something that generates a have versus have not kind of condition. Another condition that made me think of that is sometimes... Pre-order bonuses will include, again, with MMOGs, typically, items that will give you additional experience or items that are, you know, special weapons or special armor that gives you, you know, a higher rarity of item. And two, there are some pre-order things that are a bit more obviously imbalanced. Like some games will give you additional content if you have a pre-order. They'll give you a special code, and then later, you know, maybe a month or two after release, people will have to actually pay for that extra content. In cases like that, I think that's absolutely not okay. You shouldn't lock out content like that. 
But in some cases, pre-order bonuses are completely harmless. Maybe you'll get a soundtrack, or you'll get like a set of clothing for your character that has, you know, no stats on it. And so in cases like that, you know, it absolutely does not imbalance the game. It's just a nice thing to get, you know, for pre-ordering the game. So like I said, the thought that came up about this topic that I wanted to ramble a little bit about is, do these pre-order bonuses generate some kind of imbalance? A separation of the classes, as it were, for have and have-nots for, you know, people who do pre-order versus people who do not. I think in most cases, a pre-order bonus will generate a imbalance in knowledge but not necessarily in the actual game experience or gameplay itself. If you look at things like a head start or, you know, guaranteed beta access, these are things that are very valuable in terms of gameplay knowledge. You have extra time to figure out what you want to do, extra time to learn the layout of the land, but whether or not you actually gain experience and take advantage of that, as it were, in terms of character growth, will really depend on the player. Most people tend to say, oh, it's imbalanced and unfair. I think the majority of people who say it's imbalanced or unfair are people who don't really consider that people play at their own speeds. If you think about dropping two things from your hands and they weigh the same thing, obviously they're going to fall and hit the ground at the same speed. However, if you are talking about something that involves players, like, say, an MMOG, as example, you're talking about something they are going to spend, you know, different amounts of time and different number of days playing. Say, for example, the head start is three days. There could be somebody who plays all three days, and they play, you know, six hours a day. Or there could be somebody else that only plays two hours a day. For that first player, you know, they got 18 hours of content, as it were. Whereas the second player only got the equivalent of one day compared to the first player. Or two, you know, there are people who only have the opportunity to play maybe one or two of those three days. Even still, if both players in this example played the same amount of time, let's say they both played six hours a day for those first three days, unless that is their regular habit, as time goes on, their difference is going to change. Let's say they both play, you know, all three days and they both play six hours a day. And let's say they even both do that for the first month. But then one of them starts playing less because, you know, they just did that for the first month and then they normally play, you know, three hours or four hours a day. At that point, they start to have a difference in, you know, how much they're playing and therefore have a difference in how much content they've gone through, you know, their equipment will start to be different, etc, etc. So I think in such a case, Head Start, you know, those extra few days at the beginning really isn't going to matter long term because, you know, people play different amounts. Unless you're talking about comparing two people who play the exact same number of hours all the time, you know, it's not really going to be any major difference between the two, between having, you know, those three days or not. I think the biggest and probably most important reason to have a head start period is to give the servers a little bit of extra time to balance out the player load because then, you know, most of the people who pick up head start are going to get out of those early areas and sort of make room for, you know, the majority of people who do not pre-order because I I would 
personally guess that probably 85 to 90 percent of the players do not pre-order but even still you know that that small percent of people who do can get through that early content and then you know areas won't be quite so crowded the one bonus that irks me is that experience giving item because that does sort of generate a difference of you know have versus have not if it is limited to sort of a low level cap as it were say for your first two or three levels or whatever you get you know 20 percent experience that's maybe not so bad because that's pretty much still your training levels but if it's something that goes up to a higher level amount i think that might be you know imbalanced and that might be not so fair especially if you consider players who come into the game later you know not at launch maybe people who are friends of the people who started at launch or you know maybe just people who don't get things right when they come out due to financial reasons or you know i knew some people once who never bought anything right at launch because they wanted to wait for the bugs to get fixed so you know that's not really fair to those players and two there are some pre-order bonuses that can actually be kind of harmful to your gameplay as a reviewer pointed out in one video he did that i watched there are some pre-orders that give you armor or weapon items and these items can be you know higher rarity level or just overall higher quality than regular items you would get for that time and so that makes you an unusually powerful character well that might be fun to go around and you know one shot bad guys and be like woo look at how awesome i am you are in fact cheating yourself out of content because you're making it easier than it otherwise would be now in some cases you know you might want it to be easier because it might be too hard without but if the game is balanced correctly then having you know more powerful items than you should have will imbalance the game for you and it will make it too easy and that will make it not as fun and since you are talking about those first critical levels when you're getting a feel for the game that's either gonna you know imbalance how you view the game later on or it might even make it so that you go, you know, this game is too easy, I don't really like it, because, you know, you forget you're wearing those early items, and then you might actually lose interest faster than you otherwise would. So, I don't know, pre-order items are a tricky subject. I typically tend to pre-order all my games that I'm interested in getting, because I typically know, you know, what kind of games I like, and I'm pretty in the know, as it were, in terms of, you know, what games are coming along that I would be interested in. I will also tend to buy a slightly special edition. I don't often buy the full collector's edition, because there's often just so much extra junk in there I have no interest in. And, you know, they typically cost double what the special edition costs. But I do like these special editions, as it were. Maybe it gives me, you know, a soundtrack. Or maybe an extra, you know, set of clothing options, as it were. Or maybe, in some cases, an extra character that would otherwise unlock later. But again, you know, I'm very hesitant about extra characters because I don't like to have stuff that, you know, other people can't have if it's imbalancing. If it's something like, you know, a game that otherwise would say only males can be this class and it's like, now you get the option of male or female, you know, that would be kind of cool, but... If it's an actual special class that people cannot play, then it's a bit imbalancing, I think. Anyways, just some thoughts to think about on pre-orders. Maybe you have pre-ordered in the past. Maybe not, and you 
didn't even know about it, and maybe now you might want to take a look at games that are coming along and see if they have any pre-order bonuses and what those bonuses are. probably won't have a lot to say about linear content, but my friends that I was playing The Secret World with have decided to stop playing, so I've, you know, canceled along with them, because I wanted to play with them, and if I'm not going to play with them, I really don't know if it's worth keeping a subscription for. But I have played the past few weeks, you know, a few hours now and then, because I would like to sort of get a peek at what story I can before my time runs out. And while it is supposed to be levelless gameplay, and while it's supposed to, you know, offer you the, the option to do any content you want, pretty much, it really isn't, because the items are tiered, and you need to have sort of a, a certain tier level to, to be able to do, you know, the content in certain areas. It is basically broken into three main sections, and each of those sections is broken down into three smaller sections. And there is a minor equipment requirement difference in each of those small sections. But pretty much if you can enter, you know, the big section, then you can do almost any of the content in that whole try area, I guess you could call it. But I went in yesterday, and it's been a serious ghost town Ever since about three weeks past launch, it has pretty much been really, really low population. I think it's in about the fifth or sixth week past launch. And I went in yesterday to play a little bit. And it was just a complete ghost town. There is nobody there at all. I think part of this is because it is a lot more linear content than they thought that it would be. Also, a big part of it is that there just isn't any content there. People have blown through all of the content in the game pretty much, you know, in those first three weeks. So the majority of people are already done with the game, effectively. So they just sit in one place and look for dungeons. And while linear content is very good for single-player games, you know, you want to know where you're going. And you might want a choice of levels, but, you know, overall you want the story to flow in a certain direction. You want to be able to feel like, you know, you're accomplishing goals and you go from one goal area to the next. I think MMOGs need to start looking at having more non-linear content. I think they need to think about players, you know, progressing through one area and then being sent back so that players do, you know, continually see low-level and high-level players, you know, mixing around in the same area. Because I think if you have straight-up linear content, and, you know, like I said, even though you could flex a little bit in Secret World, basically, because of the tiered nature, it is pretty much pure linear content. If you have pure linear content, I think, you know, players will finish out in an area, and they will move on, and they will never come back, because they have no reason to come back, really. So I don't know if this really helps players any, so much as developers, and I 
probably don't really have any developers listening, but you never know. 70 podcasts now, so who knows how long I will continue. But I was just thinking about it, and I think, you know, linear content is really great for some games. But for other games, you know, you might want to have some content that is not linear. Maybe, you know, in some games that don't have levels at all, you would have, you know, different starting points where players would come in. You know, they make one character, they play through the game, and they make another character, and it's like a totally different experience. In thinking about level design, we might have gone a bit backwards in some cases. Someone posted an image of a first-person shooter game, and I think the first image was from the early days, the early 90s, when the first-person shooters were still new. And the map was very big and very complicated and had lots of different paths, and I think it had like one single boss at the end of the map. And it was a comparison photo to a current-day shooter. I think at the time it was like, 2005 shooter and the 2005 shooter had a single path and it bent I think it was like maybe three times but there were a few points it was like sub boss cutscene cutscene sub boss cutscene boss but the huge difference was that it was a single corridor there were no options it was just one straight path thinking back to old school games if you consider the first Mario game even that had options for skipping worlds or finding secret worlds. And it wasn't exactly a 100% linear path. There were options, there were ways to go around or skip things or see extra content. Gauntlet, one of my favorite games and my first multiplayer game, also had options that were similar to that. The very first level I think that you beat, there's a regular exit to the next level. And like a, a warp exit, as they called them back in the days, to level 4, I think it was. So again, you didn't have to play the content, you know, one level at a time. You could skip levels every now and then. And in more recent times, the recent Mario games have, I guess you could call them star unlocks. You beat a world and you get so many stars for accomplishments. And as you get more stars, you know, new worlds will open up and you could do different worlds and different levels. Similarly, there have been other games that have maps. And on the map, you know, you might have three or four missions you have unlocked. And as you do a mission, you'll unlock, you know, maybe a couple more different options for things you can do. Even though content might be restricted or tiered in a way, there is that feeling of player choice, of having options of, you know, I could do A, B, and C, and I don't have to do all three, and I will do C first, and then A, and then skip B. You know, there is the option, even though it is somewhat linear. I think having that option for the player is really critical in terms of keeping the player interested. In thinking about some games that I have not finished or just didn't care about lately, I think the biggest thing for me was a block in terms of content and having it be too linear. Like, I have stopped playing Bioshock 2, and I've tried several times to play it, and every time it's the exact same, and I have to do the exact same levels and fight through the pretty much exact same every way. And it's like, I'm going to see the exact same content every time. Something similar happened with Dragon Age 2. And I think it was a similar kind of thing, that I was forced down a single path, and in one boss encounter, I just fought him and fought him and fought him and fought him, and I had a really difficult time with getting past him. 
And then later I got stuck on a different boss and I'm like, okay, you know, that's that's it. I'm done. I might try it again later. But again, you know, I recall it being that I got stuck at a linear point where I couldn't, you know, do any options. That was my only option to progress the story. And I just got stuck and it wasn't worth it. I had no options to do other things. And so I just stopped playing and I lost interest. So I think it might be very important for developers to think about, you know, what kind of maybe sideways progression players can do and not restricting, you know, 100% linear forward progress. So I don't know, just some stuff to ramble and think about for linear content. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do you enjoy it? I don't know. Up to you. Even though that was only two sections, I think that is it for this Rabbit Zombies podcast. I have been super extra sad lately. A friend has a very old Mac, and it's basically become so old now he can't play a new expansion to a game that he loves. And so he is basically, you know, out of options for being able to play games. He has a podcast, and I posted on their podcast page. I said, hey, here's a really awesome option that is a pre-built system. It's 850 bucks, and it will, you know, hold him for several years without any changes at all. Getting a monitor would be, you know, an extra 175 or so. But for, you know, just under 1000 bucks, he would have a really awesome desktop system. And that would allow him to, you know, incrementally upgrade it in the future as he, you know, gets more money. But the point of the system was that, you know, it was powerful enough that it would last him several years without any changes at all. I figure, you know, you get some people to donate, you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, you know, pledge an amount, as it were. And it's like, hey, there you go. Here's, you know, 30% of the system cost or here's, you know, 50% of the system cost. And then, you know, we could get him back onto a gaming system or onto a gaming system because he had, you know, a Mac before, which isn't really a gaming system. And, you know, that would allow him to have awesome gaming and bring a smile to him. And being a way of saying, hey, you know, thanks for doing this cool podcast we all like. And I've been really very sad because there really weren't any replies to that post. Nobody said they were interested in helping. And that's made me really kind of sad. There was the two or three I expected to say that they would help. You know, they they posted their support. But outside of those people, nobody offered to help at all. And so I've been you know, really very sad about that. It's like, even though I know gaming is not a big, huge part of his life, it's nowhere near the level of importance as, you know, I would hold my gaming to me, you know, for him. It's not as big of a deal for him. But still, knowing he's in a position in life that he's got, you know, a budget, he's got to watch his money, he can't get a gaming system for a while. And by a while, that's, you know, at least a year or possibly more. You know, it's very sad to think that you know, he won't be able to play any of these cool games that are coming along or, you know, any of the cool games he would want to play, you know, that are out already. I made up a top 10 list in, I don't know, like half an hour or something. It was pretty easy and quick to do. Half of the games are either already out or coming out within a couple months. 
And it's like, it just makes me very sad to think he's going to miss out on all these cool games and experiences. And even more sad that, you know, nobody said they would help. You know, I thought, you know, getting up to that 800 plus would be like a miracle. It could happen. You never know. But it was very, very surprising to not even see people say, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you do. You know, here's a $10 pledge or a $5 pledge or, you know, anything more than zero. I don't know. Maybe it's that people would feel embarrassed posting a pledge of that small of an amount. But I don't know. It just makes me really sad that nobody pledged any amounts. And nobody even said, hey, you know, good luck. They didn't even post that. So I don't know. I've been very sad about that. And it's very depressing because I thought, you know, people in general tend to be more generous. But I I guess not. I guess people tend to be more selfish or I don't know. I don't know what's up, you know, why they aren't offering help or support. But it just makes me very sad that, you know, nobody offered any support or help other than the two or three people I expected to. So aside from that, um, it was my birthday last weekend, and I had an okay time, I guess. I went out to dinner, and the dinner was very sad because, you know, I'm by myself, and there's nobody with me and nobody going to the movie after dinner with me. And, you know, I'm surrounded by people going out on dates or, you know, families and stuff. So that was very sad. Also, you know, with the the thing with my friend, you know, and that... I've been very sad lately for, you know, my own situation. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. And, you know, looking around around me, people, I don't know, people just seem to be very selfish. I don't know. I guess just I feel like, you know, generous and kind people like me probably won't make it on our own because, you know, we're concerned about other people and other people having a good time and, you know, being happy and, you know, doing the best we can to help other people you know, in whatever we can help them with, as well as just generally seeing if everybody's okay. I don't know, it just makes me feel like, you know, you have to be an uncaring ass to be stable in the world. And that makes me, you know, very sad and depressed. But I guess that is it for this time. I can't think of anything else to say. Oh, um, Guild Wars 2 starts... Uh, today, if you're listening to this, when the podcast comes out. Otherwise, it is when the podcast came out. It doesn't actually launch until, I think, the 28th, but Head Start starts Saturday before. So, you know, basically starts on the Saturday before. I'll be doing that. Um, I don't have any friends that are going to play. There are some ex-guildies that are doing sort of a heavy PvP thing, so I'm not going to play with them. And I have some other friends that I haven't seen well, I, I never really saw them. They were online friends, but I haven't seen them in like years. I think they're playing, but they're going to be like super, super, super casual. So the odds of running into them are astronomical. But I figure, you know, I got nothing else going on right now. It's going to be like three weeks before I get any kind of game at all to play that I'm expecting. And so I figure, well, you know, I can pick this up. There's no monthly fee. So I can just pick it up and play, you know, a few hours here and there and not be a big deal if I don't play for a while. It will always be there and my progress will always be, you know, remembered as it were. So that should be okay. Um, I don't expect to do any kind of review on it because I've already talked about it, you know, several times. And I don't expect that to really be any different. But you never know. It might give me something cool to talk about. So I might talk about that in the future. 
Neverwinter, which I was really looking forward to, has been officially delayed to 2013. They say early. They don't say an actual date. I would guess around Bunny Day. And they said beta will be, quote-unquote, a few months before that. So I expect beta will be maybe the end of this year or early next year. So that's kind of sad. That will be not very soon, which I was really looking forward to. I guess that's all I can really think of for now, though. So maybe I will see everybody next time. And hopefully everybody had a good time this time. And I guess that's it. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, I was 21. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. But I guess that is it. Oh, uh, erase that. Let's say eight, four. So again, you didn't have to play the the. And there have been a few games lately where you know you have the map. Oh wait, uh. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation. You can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.